The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Hey, look at that. We made it all the way to. Well, you know what day today is, Kelsey Campbell? What day is that? Come on, you know, say it. Say it. Wednesday? No, it's hump day. Hump day. There you go. If you're going to be part of this show, you have to do. You have I to play like along. The, I like it when you say it. I feel a little uncomfortable saying it. Well, you know, sometimes you have to venture outside of your comfort zone for good radio. That's I, what I've been doing. I think that's what we do every <laughs> single day. <laughs> we certainly venture outside the comfort zone of our listeners quite often. <laughs> uh, hey, so listen, um, don't even know how to set this up because I let me set it up this way. I want everyone listening right now. In your homes, your cars, your decks, uh, at the campground, wherever you might be right now, just lean back and take your hand away from the dial. It's not what you think it's going to be. Um, I want to talk. You're ab- setting them up to expect that they're going to be upset. I well, let's I, not do that. Okay, let's, let's just talk about some things. All right, I'm going to say a couple of words to you. Derek Fildebrand. Now let's stop. Just don't. Now you just heard a moment ago. Uh, Eileen Bell on the 6.30 Ched News uh, say this, that an all-party committee is doing a review of how MLAs handle expenses and receipts. The work began almost a year ago, but is now coming to to light because of the allegations raised against now independent MLA Derek Fildebrand. Um, Alex McQuaig, the chief of staff for Speaker Bob Warner, says some of the work they're doing is looking at newly evolving expenses like... Airbnb that had never been considered before. A subcommittee will report its findings to the Member Services Committee, which is chaired by Warner. McQuaig says there's no specific timetable for when that report will be ready. This is how policy is made, mm-hmm. and I understand that we live in changing times. It wasn't too long ago that ride-sharing didn't exist. Sure. Airbnb is fairly new on the scene, and I mean, policy doesn't come into place until people push the limits mm-hmm. and the boundaries, and Derek Fildebrand has done that. He has. And I will say this about that with regard to Derek Fildebrand, and then I want to open up the conversation to a more general observation about MLAs and expenses. Derek Fildebrand has said, quote, I'm a flawed man and I can do better. Fair statement. He's also said, if I have let anyone down, know that I have let myself down and I will prove that I am the man that I hold as a standard for trust and integrity. And I just want to, this is not, from my side, it's not going to be dumping on Derek Feldebrand all afternoon. And I know a lot of people want the media and others just to move on from Derek Feldebrand. Hey, he resigned. He's out of it. Why are we still talking about Derek Feldebrand? And we haven't got there. In in case you haven't heard the the most recent revelations right. last night Derek Feldebrand who is a UCP MLA stepped away stepped down from the United Conservative Party right. and so will at this time sit as an independent MLA because he thought as though all of the trouble that he's in it's it's become a, a very fast moving career landslide for him sure in just has. over a week and a half going from the Airbnb to some trouble with how he's expensing his his daily meal allowance mm-hmm. um, it looked like there was several discrepancies it, it, and he said that they were just errors and just yesterday it, it came to light that he was going to be going to court in September for failing to report an accident well and then the reason I, I, I read those quotes, and then because there's more, if I have let anyone down, it's just, it's a minor point, but 
if your first statement is, I'm a flawed man and I can do better, you're admitting that you let people down. I, I just have a thing with apologies that contain the word if. Take, take the word if out of a, an apology. If I offended you, I'm sorry. No, I did offend you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I offended you. Um, if I've let I'm No, not if. You did. And I'm, again, I'm not dumping on Fildebrand here. I'm just it saying. It kind of feels like it. No, I'm, and I'm I, just. And I want to I dump on him abusing tax dollars and yeah, him yeah. doing unethical things with sure. with taxpayer money. Yep. Um, but when we're getting nitpicky right now, his life No, I'm is, just tired of He is in turmoil right now. I know. Now. I know he is. I'm just tired of, and, and again, not about specifically Derek Fildebrand. I'm just tired of politicians in general, or perhaps I should just say people in general, always qualifying their apologies in their mea culpa, you know, when they, they step forward and say, I, I did wrong and I'm sorry, just say, I did wrong and I'm sorry. Don't say, if I did wrong. No, you did do, you admitted you did something wrong. I get what so, you're saying. Yeah. But you also know that this wasn't his choice. If he had it his way, he would not have ever publicly apologized. He wouldn't have taken yeah, a maybe. leave from the party and he wouldn't be stepping away from it. These are things where the party has said, listen. Right. They, they, if they had a full-time leader right now at the helm instead of Nathan Cooper, who's sitting as the interim leader until this leadership race is completed, he would be fired. He would have been fired. Well, I don't know if that's true, but probably. I can, I can tell you, he, yeah. would, he would have been fired before anything surfaced about him far. going to court. Now, Emma Graney from the Edmonton Journal yes. uh, wrote a story this morning in which uh, she put it out there that along with double-dipping on meal claims... And the Airbnb uh, arrangement, there may be more uh, fire to this smoke. She's saying Fildebrand and Jason Nixon, the member for Rimby Rocky Mountain House Sundry, shared an apartment in Edmonton in 2015 and 2016. But at the same time, they both claimed the maximum for living allowance. So, and again, back then the rules were different. You didn't have to provide receipts. You just had to say yes, I'm living in Edmonton and I don't, you know, and you can claim the maximum. So Emma Graney from the Edmonton Journal saying that, yeah, look, back in 2015, 2016, this happened. Uh, but she's saying... She's just reporting. She's, she's not saying. Right. Yeah. And it's sort of come to light. And here's where I can move off of Derek Fildebrand because Derek Fildebrand is right now in a very unfavorable way, the poster child for waste in expenses of government MLAs. And the irony of that is just really... The something. irony is... Coming is, from the Canadian Taxpayers exactly. Federation, he was the voice of the taxpayers. He was the voice of holding politicians right. to account. And that's and now why. He, he is... He, but the, the impact he's having on other MLAs, other government members, how... This is doing so much damage for them because how can we trust them? And then at the same time, is this launching into something bigger where they're all kind of keep being pretty tight-lipped. That's where I want to go because, as I say, he's the poster child for this because of his past affiliation with the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, as you just said, Kelsey. Uh, the fact that he was, uh, you know, famously a nitpicker of these sort of double-dipping affairs and, and, and one of the leaders in wanting to shut them down, and yet he also participated in them. Um, the fact that he had a very public breakup with his uh, former leader of the uh, Wild Rose. I mean, you know, so, but I want to move off him because what you just said to me is more important. And I haven't looked at the texting line yet because it upsets me. When I talk politics, it gets people upset on both sides. I just want to let Terrible Tom know. Okay. That's his, that's his terrible chosen, Tom. that's his this chosen nickname. Good. He, he's just saying it doesn't seem that his text messages are going through. So Terrible Tom, we oh, are, yeah, yeah, I we guess are we getting, are. we are getting, I have not looked messages. yet Terrible Tom, but I, here's, here's my point. 
And, and so, you know, when I try and upset no one, I upset everyone. So I'm probably going to do that. For 43 years, we had a PC government. For 43 years. And it was brought down um, because of a, a climate of entitlement because of a culture of taking advantage of taxpayers. A lack of transparency. A lack of transparency. And we brought in an NDP. So, and, and you know what? A lot of that was true. Uh, then we bring in an NDP government, we being the people of Alberta, the majority of the people of Alberta. And I've said many, many times, find the money. Where's the money? Where's the waste? How come, where's the smoking gun? And I haven't seen it. I'm not blaming the NDP for that. I'm but I'm starting, well, maybe I am, because now I'm starting to wonder that if the guy who was most vocal about these sort of things is guilty of these, that's one problem I have. But the next problem is, how come nobody's really talking about this except media? How come, other than the Alberta party, it seems, nobody's uh, being real vocal about this? But even then, we had Gre- we've had Greg Clark on the station, we've had him in the news, we've had him on the morning show. Even he wanted to be very careful about calling out Derek too much with how the living allowances work, because nobody wants that stripped from them. Right. And that's my question. And again, it's just a question. And I'm curious as to what our listeners think at 630-630. And I will eventually look at the texting line or give us a call at 496-0063. When you're a parent and you hear your wife's favorite vase smash in the basement and you come running down the stairs and all the children are saying nothing and just looking at one another and nobody's turning anybody, you know, it's sort of like, hey, why is everybody acting so guilty? Right. And I, and I guess... And maybe that's a bad analogy, but I don't want to compare politicians to children. But in a way, that's the feeling I'm getting. It's just a sense I have. I, I have nothing to document this, prove it, or anything else. But it seems like if you catch the former spokesperson for the Canadian Tax Peter, uh, Taxpayers Federation double-dipping on things like Airbnb and meal expenses and possibly living expenses, and yet you as a politician in another party are kind of going, well, that was bad, but let's move on. We've, you know, he's resigned and let's take a look at your taxes. Wait a minute. Let's take a look at your expenses. Let's take a look at everybody's expenses. And I don't care if it's 200 bucks. I really don't. That's, but that's not the point, and that's the thing that's frustrating when people are defending Derek Feldbrand. And even we had Jonathan Dennis, the, the former mm-hmm. justice minister under Redford and solicitor general, who had an opportunity to say, you're right, politicians need to be held more accountable. Instead, he came on and said, when are you going to stop this witch hunt? Or at what point does it become mm-hmm. a witch hunt? Wrong. Wrong point. And then he said, how about let's talk about the NDP deficit? No, you can't just distract us with the deficit. That's not how that works. People, uh, this is what everyone on the text line is saying. This is one guy. He got caught. Now he has to apologize. Yes. There are a lot more people guilty of it. I think so. In fact, I would suggest. On all sides. No, it's, yeah, it's not a political thing. It's a systemic thing where you know you can get away with it. And when you and I were talking about why I'm most I'm so frustrated that people aren't getting angrier and louder and calling out their their MLA their representative saying we want answers we want to see more clarity on this because they can get away with this they don't have one boss they have a million plus mm-hmm. bosses we every time they take a penny off of our paycheck that goes into their pocket and the hope is that they're going to spend it on our health care system towards our veterans to improving seniors care but in instead in in the case of Derek Feldbrandt he's saying it's a mistake he's 
getting paid twice for the same lunches, for the same hotel stays, over and over again. Mm-hmm. That's not... I want. To, I would love to stay at a swanky hotel every, every night, hire a maid to take care of my house for me, but that's, that's not an option. Mm-hmm. Right now, I just think we... We're lacking the anger. This isn't specifically attacking Derek Fildebrandt. This is calling out our politicians and saying, can you be a little bit more selective about how you're spending our money? Especially when they keep saying, we've got to raise taxes. If you want that new hospital, if you want the Misericordia to get that facelift, well, you're going to have to buck up more in your property Right, taxes. and you know, a million different media personalities around the world have tried to make the same argument that I'm about to try and make. Uh, so and they've not been, I don't think, successful, and likely I won't be either. For me, the reason that the amount is not important is because, and it's easy to say, well, you know, when we add it all up, Derek Fildebrand and possibly others, and again, you know, I'm only saying Derek Fildebrand because he's the one who just got caught, as you just said, Kelsey. Okay, so he made 2200 bucks with Airbnb. He got caught and he gave it to the government. Okay, so we should drop it. And, and you talk about building hospitals and say, well, those cost tens of millions of dollars to build, so really what is... $2,200 have to do with building hospitals. But as you just said, it's it's systemic and it's about... Well, if you keep pulling from the petty cash container and you're not putting anything back, yeah, eventually yeah. you're going to get to the bottom of that. And the thing is, most citizens, myself included, don't look at this or, or you know, politicians like this or politicians in general, I guess, as saying, well, you know, it's $2,200 versus a hospital. We look at it like if we took $2,200 from our employer, we'd be fired. That's, I think that's how people look at it. Regular people look at it like, if I put in receipts with 630 Chad for something I had to buy, and then it turns out somebody else gave it to me, and or you know, or I, I gained garnered revenue from it, I, I would at the very least be suspended, but I would probably be fired. You, you can't misrepresent yourself to your employer. And in this case, it's more complicated because your employer is, is the, you know, the ledge, but it's also all of us, right? And I think that's what is bugging me is just like the argument that, well, it's nothing compared to, you know, the cost of building a hospital. No, it's something. It's something. Whether a uh, waitress steals straws or cash, um, it's theft. It's coming out of your bottom line. Yeah, it's theft no matter what, right? I, and, and again, not just Fildebrand, because I think the reason people are being so quiet about this, or generally quiet, or modified in their response to it from all parties, is that I think probably if we got everybody's receipts out, we'd see this was very widespread. And you can well, you can't see them necessarily with their their daily meal allowance or their housing allowance. Um, but if you go, if you are on Twitter, and I know a lot of you say you're not, but if you are, there is a handle called Alberta Expenses. Mm-hmm. And every single thing of anyone who is involved in our government, whether it's an executive assistant or if it's an MLA, they have to submit their receipts and they post it there. And that came when people were calling on Allison Redford for more mm-hmm. transparency. Mm-hmm. And so it's been around. They're still using it under the NDP government. And I can spend an hour scrolling through that, getting myself angry. And you just see all of the little things. And that's the thing. It's even... that an MLA has spent on parking on their way home to the grocery store, but they said that that's on their way home. It was during their work day. Mm -hmm. So we're paying that $7.35. Yeah, that's a great example. And we have to take a break so we can get to some of these calls. But that's a great example because I know as a sales manager in my previous life 
that I would look at gas receipts very, very carefully and parking receipts and look at the timestamp on them. And one of the ways that salesmen often sort of steal a little bit from the company is they gas up their personal car at the same time as their company car and, you know, just put the nozzle in two tanks and stuff like that. And it's fireable. If you catch somebody doing that, it's fireable. But when it comes to politicians, it seems to not be. Okay, let's take the break, and then we'll try and get to as many calls as possible. All right, we've got lots of your phone calls, uh, but not a whole lot of time. So let's uh, try and get to them. Hi, Warren, what's on your mind? Hi, Andrew. Hi, Kelsey. Hi. Um, just gave it a, a quick listen to what you were talking about today. I'll be really brief. Um, I, I I take both of your sides. I really think it's deplorable what uh, what has happened here in light of the fact that, you know, the UCP, the PC brand has been, you know, sort of tainted the last year, you know, in the last, the last years. And I think it's um, really wrong what Derek has, had done. I really had a lot of respect for him, and I'm quite disappointed in him now as well. Um, but, you know, I ran into Ryan about a week ago, and I spoke with him privately, and I said to him, that, you know, I don't think that it would have been Brian Jean that called him out or anybody in that party. And the reason being is because, you know, it would taint what they're trying to accomplish now. I indicated to him that what are the chances that maybe the NDP has done this? Because there's an election coming up. Is this the chance for them to stall the uh, formation of this new party? Here, here's the interesting uh, answer to that question, Warren, because we don't know. And I know, as you alluded to, there's a theory that uh, Brian Jean... Uh, was annoyed with Phil DeBrand and he was, you know, the one or his people were the ones to throw him under the bus. But regardless of which politician may have thrown Derek Felderbrand under the bus, it means that that politician, regardless of party, knew to look for that. And, and as my dad always said, you never think to hide under the bed or to look under the bed unless you've hidden there yourself. So that means that whoever threw this to media, whoever exposed Derek Felderbrand knew about it or or was you know had knowledge of this sort of practice and we're okay with it right they were okay with it until they wanted to do something with that tool but you know but you know what also i'm thinking is that what are the chances of anybody else coming forward with any more information what do you mean well i don't think we're going to because i think derek had his finger on the pulse of everybody and he's, you know, if anybody else speaks ah, up, there's going to be so saying. much more come out of this. Ah, I see what I you're saying. I think that's why we're not hearing a lot of, from the other side, we're not hearing a lot of, you know, from the echo chambers, chambers what's really, really a systemic problem in government. That is really interesting. Thanks for the call, Warren. Appreciate yes. your insight. Thank you. Uh, Mike has been, uh, there, I just did it again. I always uh, conference the two calls. Uh, Mike, go ahead. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Um, I, I I agree with the previous caller. I mean, it's it's kind of gotten uh, pretty messy in politics in the last little bit. It's actually kind of turned, turned me off a little bit. But my question is, we've been hearing about this stuff for for a while now, and and then you hear a report. Oh, we've been looking into it, and et cetera, et cetera. But nothing's really came out of it. I know when. Uh, the the flights back and forth with uh, Rachel Notley's daughter and her friend were on the on the plane. I thought, how is that possible? With, uh, with Al- Red- Al- sorry, Alison Redford. Allison Redford yeah. No, no, you meant you meant Allison Redford, not Rachel Notley, right? Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, yeah. Allison, yeah. But like it, this type of stuff, I, I guarantee you, is happening with everybody. And you're right, seven bucks adds up across a, you know a hundred MLAs or whatever it may be. That's that's a lot of money every single day being wasted. 
Yeah, and and that's I guess that's my point. And I, you know, I kind of like to keep a little light on the afternoon news, as you all know. But I, I'm at the point of frustration with this because, as I've said all along, and thanks for the call, Mike. I appreciate your insight. As I've said all along with this, here's the here's the procedure. Here's here's the practice. Somebody gets caught. We form a committee. We come up with recommendations. I, I missed a step. Somebody gets caught. They apologize. We form a committee. We come up with recommendations. And then we move forward. Nothing changes. And nothing changes. Nothing. And and it's to the point now where I want my children to be um, educated. Uh, I want them to be aware. And I want them to participate in the democratic process. And I, this sounds almost, I, I almost hesitate to say it. It's hard to sell the process when you're starting to lose confidence in it. Because I'm starting to believe there isn't a politician out there that will change anything. But then why is it, and this is not everyone, but we're getting texts every day that another revelation is discovered about Derek Feldebrandt with texts saying, move on, leave him alone. Mm-hmm. No. I think with every day that something doesn't change, that there's not more enforcement, that there's not more insight and transparency for, for what they're doing with our money... We should get louder and angrier and not yeah, stop talking about it. I would agree with the aspect of I don't need to keep just nailing Derek no, Fildebrand. No, this is about government. He is the he is the proverbial tip of the iceberg. I want to see the rest of the iceberg. That's all I'm saying. We'll take a break, take a look at news headlines. Uh, if you want to keep talking about this in the next half hour, we can. Uh, otherwise, we'll switch gears. Well, as always, here on 630 Chad, we leave it up to you, the listener, what you want to talk about. And apparently, this is something you still want to talk about. Our texting line quite busy this afternoon. Uh, Andrew, I totally agree with you. I think everyone has lost faith in politicians and their integrity. I would love to go in and clean house, but I would never get elected. If you stole that much money from an employer, you would be charged with that period. Why is it that politicians are not formally charged from the RCMP for fraud or whatnot? What makes them different than every other person in Alberta? Is there some sort of law that protects them and allows them to mishandle public funds or take public on and not be criminally charged? That from Mike. And Derek had texted in saying, I want to change my name. Uh, he said, I'm, I'm peed off for sure, but we got to give Derek Fildebrandt's wife and little daughter room to breathe, man. They are paying a big price too. And we've heard that point from politicians and political analysts and commentators, and they've said, as a politician, you sign up for this. Your family does not. But I don't know that we're, we're not attacking his family. I don't even know that we're attacking his character. We're just saying, hey, you've, you've screwed over taxpayers mm-hmm. and, and you're representing something that I think politicians are really grimacing at right now because it is, we're, everyone is lumping them together, right? We're saying if he's doing it, everyone's doing it. And that's bad. Yeah, absolutely. This text uh, from uh, Brad, maybe the people who are getting into politics have done these things in the past in previous roles, maybe, i.e. lawyers. I believe the common person needs to get in there. That's the only way things will change. But that was supposed to be Derek Fildebrandt. That was supposed to be. That's what makes this... I keep just saying, like, when he got elected, when he left the Canadian Taxpayers Federation and he became a Wild Rose MLA, I'm like... 
this is going to change. He's going to be the change mm -hmm. because everyone has this. No, I, I keep saying everyone, and that's a very unfair. Many people have the perception that if you're in politics, you're greedy and corrupt. You hear that all the time. And I'm like, he is someone who is going to get rid of that corruption. He yeah. he's not there for greed. He's there to really serve the taxpayer. He cares about he cares about the penny and how far he can make. You know, a small amount go. And then when he does it, it's a much bigger slap in the face than finding out that any other MLA has done it. Sure. And here's the thing, and I've said this many times, uh, but I'll, I'll say it again. I will differ with what you just said slightly in so much as I believe most, if not all, people go into public service, specifically into politics, because they want to make positive change. I think regardless of the level, whether it's city council or a school board or it's an MLA or an MP, I think they go in because they want to make positive change. And, and then they get in and it just seems like over time that changes. And, and there's reasons why it changed. And at the higher levels, like members of parliament, and Derek Felderbrand, of course, is an MLA, not an MP, but you get the higher you go up level of government-wise, the more you have to toe the company line. And the less you represent those individuals that actually cast a vote for you. And I'm starting to wonder now, maybe I'm just becoming tired and skeptical, but I'm starting to wonder now if the only true politics are perhaps city councillors, because they tend to represent those individuals and they know them and they've met them and they've, and, and you know, they still collectively look after concerns for the city, but they're, you know, every councillor, you talk to any councillor and he has a project for his ward that he wants to get done. And it's a positive idea and it's one that's fueled by the um, the people who voted him in and you, you go, okay, so that's how democracy works, right? And then, then you go to the next level, the provincial government, and you say, okay, so there's individuals who want to, but, you know, they want to change things, but the premier doesn't quite want to change them, or the leader of their party doesn't quite want to change that, or, and then you go to the next level MPs, and you have, you know, a, a, an Edmonton member of parliament who votes with the party against something that hurts oil, and, and you just go, how did that happen? Like, we elected that guy, or those guys to be a voice, those people to be a voice, and then they're now they're not a voice, right? But this one is particularly a particularly difficult for me to swallow. And again, I'm not hacking on Filderbrand particularly, but for the reasons you just said, Kelsey, he was that common guy. He When I, we say we need to get the good guys in there, yeah. and maybe that just shows that I'm Maybe we need I'm to get a lot of them in there, though. But, but, he, but maybe, I, I think it maybe just shows how naive I was to mm. believe, believe in him, but that's exactly what our leaders don't want us thinking. Because I do agree with you. I, I don't know that any politician puts themselves through the hell that they face yeah. like the job isn't the battle it's dealing with all of the constituents all of the now with online all of the trolls yep. they're dealing with death threats yep there it's, it's sexism name calling it's ugly it's not an easy gig and i don't think they go in there thinking this is so much easier than being an executive on a board and, yeah. and they're going to make better money they're not going to get questioned and scrutinized for everything that they do yeah. So when they do it, they do it because they think they can make change. I want to believe that that's why any person runs in, right. in a, a democratic election. I guarantee you, Derek Fildebrand did not go into politics with the thought that if I get myself into a position to be able to get a living allowance, I'm going to rent it out to Airbnb. I guarantee you that was not in his 
wheelhouse at all. That was not a thought at all. But probably Fildebrand and others like him get in there and then everyone says, well, this is how it's done. Like, it's just, we all kind of turn a blind eye. I don't know that other politicians are saying, this is how I've got my my place on Airbnb and how I'm making profit. I think you figure it out after a time, no matter what the organization is. I think you figure it out. If you're in private business and you know, you see another salesman, and I always use sales as an example because I was in sales for so many years, but you see another salesman who, you know, goes out, you two go out to lunch and you put down the buyer's name from Petro Canada and you go, ah, you just don't abuse it. But if you do it from time to time, nobody's going to notice it kind of thing, right? And then pretty soon it just becomes the way business is uh, conducted. Pete's been waiting for a while. Hey, Pete. Hi there. Hi. My biggest beef with Silverbrand is not so much the Airbnb thing, it's the, uh, the court date and the fact that he's been the biggest critic of it, of politicians, and he's doing the same thing. But with, uh, like, when it comes to things like that, I think I have no problem with them mimicking private industry. Like, take, for example, I was, I worked drilling rigs, and certain areas you'd either have, you'd be staying in a camp and have your accommodations and food and everything provided, or they would give you the option of $125 a night and then you find your own accommodations, whether it's a $140 hotel room or $60 hotel room you're sharing with somebody. Like that's, I mean, you're you're forfeiting your own privacy and, and standard of living yeah. for it. So. You know, I've been thinking about that too, Pete, because I've been trying to not be a hypocrite here. Um, but I've been thinking about shows that I do outside of Alberta where flights are included, right? And so, you know, the customer pays the going rate. Uh, you know, they, they take a look at Air Canada WestJet and they go, okay, so a flight's going to be 950 bucks, And so that's added to the check. But I use my Aeroplan points to get the flight for free or my WestJet dollars to get the flight for free. Now I'm pocketing that 950 bucks, right? So I'm not disclosing that to the customer. They don't know how I paid for the ticket, right? And then you go, okay, so was that sort of me? I don't know. Like, that is that cool that I did that? And is that in any way similar to... Airbnb, right, where you go, well, I mean, it was empty anyways. Well, well, yeah, I mean, my point is, if he's not renting it out, that space isn't being used. And if the government, I mean, I'm not opposed to, say, the government uh, providing an apartment and when the politicians are not there, renting it out and, and putting the profits in with taxes, and less, like with tax profits, that sort of thing. Yeah. I'm not opposed to that. But if, if he's going out and finding his own accommodations and renting it out, He's absorbing the risk. Like, what if they trash the apartment? That's his deal, right? For sure. And who'd pay the bill for that? You're right. And I mean, as always, politicians, we would expect that they're held to a higher standard than a comedian using aeroplane points to go to Victoria, right? So, yeah, I get where you're coming from, Pete. Lots of callers. Appreciate you being uh, one of them. Jane's been waiting as well. Hi, Jane. Hi. I have a comment. You know, I am so tired of everybody getting off. Oh well, I'll do. I, I'll do better next time. I'll do better next time. You know, they need to come in and have an independent uh, accounting company come in, even if it's from another province, and go through the records and get rid of the waste that's around. I get so tired. They should have fired Duffy. They should have fired all those other ones out of the Senate. There needs to be a project that will clean up the mess we've got. We would have the money to buy hospitals. Excuse me, build hospitals. We could furnish the nurses that we need for these hospitals but i'm so tired of hearing oh well he'll do better next time no we have to set some examples or people know this is the law this is how it's done because we couldn't go and do what they did we would have been up in court and in jail already there has to be some accountability somewhere and it has to start 
with us wanting a better system for these people who are going to um, look after us in our day-to-day living. Jane, I completely agree with you. I really do. I think we need we have to be the ones that call attention to this and we have to say we expect more and we expect better expect better standards. But I just had a thought when you said bring in an independent accounting company and dig it up and get our money back. Can you imagine the ma- the massive massive mess that they would have to go through? The corruption, the abuse, the little expenses, obviously expense mistakes can happen very easily and are approved blindly. Uh, how much double dipping has likely gone on? Even for some little things. You know what? It, my, my actual bill for my steak dinner with a, a constituent was $120. Let's just put it in for 240 Like, can you actually imagine them going through that? Like, it would likely amount to millions. Sure, but nothing worth doing is, is easy. But you know what? It has to start somewhere. And, you know, if we don't make a fuss about this, politicians will have to learn they can't have their hands in both of our pockets. You know? Yeah, I, I appreciate the call, Jane. Thank you very much. And I think you probably voiced the opinion of many of our listeners. Dave wants to weigh in. Hey, Dave. Yeah, I can give you a, I can give you a couple of things. Sure. Um, uh, the core of it is who approves the MLA expenses? Because right now we seem to have a system in which posting them to Twitter leaves the public, you know, with that job. And that's just wrong. I've been an employee. I've been a boss. I've been a manager. I've owned a business. And in every one of those, you have somebody that's approving your expenses, whether it's your immediate, like your supervisor, or whether it's CRA, right? Yeah. So these guys just get into a position where nobody's, you know, nobody's holding them to account for everything they put in, and human nature takes over. And, uh, well, I can just do a little of this and a little of that. Yeah, and, and you know what, Dave, and I think you'd agree with this, too. I'm going back here more than 25 years, and probably things have changed, but in my time working for a trucking company, and in my time working for a steel mill, and in times in which I was a salesman or a sales manager, there was not only one person who approved, there was levels, and we were audited regularly, and I mean called out regularly. So a salesman puts in a stack of receipts for the month, and I approve them and send them up to accounting, um, you know, to have a check issued. And then somebody from accounting calls me and says, can you tell me what this is? Because I notice he's in two different cities at the same time. And you go, oh, yeah, let me look into that. And then you get, then it goes from there to some other audit at the end of the year where they're like, hey, how come this particular salesman, his car seems to cost way more in gas than everybody else's car? Like, there seems to be in private industry because they have to make a profit. They can't afford not to, or they're out of business. There's all those levels of checks and counterbalances, but in government there isn't because they don't have to make a profit. They can just go into more debt and they can just pass it on to the next people. Can you imagine any company the size, any corporation the size of government where you knew you really only had to run it for four years? You only really have to run it for four years, then you can hand it to strangers. What a great situation to be in. Yeah. I, I, think we're, I think we're 100% in tune on it. And, and you know why this one, I think it cuts people so hard. Um, I've helped a lot of companies spend an awful lot of money over the years. And, and you could walk into a guy's office and get a sign-off on a $5 million budget for a big project. <laughs> get that in a couple of minutes, right? Yeah. But the same guy will grind you on a $150 invoice. <laughs> that is so true. Right? That is and so true. And that's because people don't understand what $5 million oh. is. They certainly don't understand what a billion is. 
but they understand 150 bucks. They totally understand there's no way you dropped $400 at Red Robin. That's right. You're absolutely <laughs> yeah. right, Dave. Very, very funny observation. Thanks for that. On on that point, though, yeah. I was thinking about we had a, a colleague here, and he had said that he was he was traveling for work purposes. He ended up expensing flights and, and meals and all sorts of things, and it was totaling around $5,000, but he forgot his toothbrush, and he paid for it at an airport. And accounting sent it back and said, we don't pay for your, your bathroom stuff. So they wouldn't pay for him his like a, a $1.20 toothbrush. I but know exactly who that was. That's hilarious. <laughs> Let's take our break. Uh, when we come back, we'll see what you'd like to talk about. Uh, do you know what our texting line has turned into, uh, Kelsey Campbell? Uh, a confessional. The, the number of people <laughs> who are now saying, hey, listen, I'm in private business or I work for this company or I saw a guy do this or a woman do that. People are, and I'm not going to read them for fear that I'm going to end up, well, I shouldn't say this, turning, I'm going to end up exposing thieves. But I think what people are saying is it's not just politicians, it's everybody. I think that's what I'm seeing. If we can save money, if we can pocket a little extra yeah. money, why not? Right. And and I know one politician, a former politician, had texted in, and I'm paraphrasing because it's buried now under hundreds of other texts, that, hey, I'm so tired of this, hold politicians to a higher standard and and I used to argue that too that you should never say that like we should all be held to a high standard we should all be honorable in whatever jobs we have and that includes politicians right but there is something about a politician I don't know I do sort of feel like they need to be held to a higher standard I just gave the example of our company approving for somebody thousands of dollars worth of expenses yeah. for a work trip. Yeah. But accounting said, no way, mister, when it came to a toothbrush that cost a dollar and 20 cents. And somebody just texted into 630-630 saying, this example about the trip and the toothbrush is a perfect analogy for what's happening here. The toothbrush expense was legitimately refused because there's an expectation that that person should be smart enough to remember a toothbrush. And I personally think that I would never have tried to expense this. It really is as simple as that. Legitimate business expenses versus frivolous personal expenses, hmm. which should be paid out of pocket. The expense is in a small way a sense of entitlement and in government is on a much grander scale. Interesting stuff. Uh, hey, gee, I probably owe you another break, right? We got callers, we got texts. Talk to me into your mic so the listeners can hear. We are going to have you go out at... Numbers are hard. Well, you do the math and I'll take Brian's call. Maybe before you turn on the mic, know what you're going to (laughs) say. Hey, Brian, what's on your mind? Uh, I'm just wondering how much time has been spent by anybody actually analyzing this. Um, This MLA gets a per diem. That's for his, his personal meals while he's away from home yeah assuming or presuming he's in the city and so on the expenses are for meals that he's had um with with constituents or or meetings and so on uh do the two coincide necessarily and and that's the question right and here's the thing and i don't want to misquote the per diem i think it's 45 bucks but i could be wrong but it's the same is 40 that's the same per diem we all get as a self-employed uh person on my taxes if i'm traveling say i go out to ontario or east for six weeks to do comedy i can claim 40 dollars per day on my income exactly. tax right so i I'm, I'm held to the same standard we're all held to the same standard but you're right the difference is i can't do that and expense uh meals meal. right right okay 
And I have to have a record of it. Same as I have to have, I have to keep a record of what meals I had, um, where I, or not necessarily what meals I had, but where I was at the time. The same as I have to keep a record of where my car was, because I can't claim mileage on my car if I flew to Ontario for half the year. Right? Like, that's CRA standard. Yeah. Okay, so my question is, who fills out the claims for his per diem? Does, Does each MLA sit down at a desk at the end of a month and say, I need a per diem for this day and this day and this day? Or is that a function of his uh, assistant yeah, or, sure, his his EA or whatever. staff or whatever. And he simply, because he's the guy who pays for the meals, says, uh, I, I went out for, for uh, lunch with Andrew Gross. We're talking about the comedy festival and what I could do to help him. And uh, and so I, I paid for the mm-hmm. meal. I'm submitting that. And, and the two coinciding is, you know, something he doesn't think about. It's possible, and I think actually Fildebrand even said that. I think he said that the double-dipping on the meal allowance was a clerical error. And, and I know at this point that got a, an eye roll from yeah, half well, the people, said, but it's I possible. Have, I have to pay better attention because yeah. it's basically... It's entirely probable. It's entirely probable. Copy and paste, copy and paste. It was listed four times in a row, identical expenses for different weeks. I know, but it is, I'm not saying it's not out of the realm of possibility, though. Like, I'm just not prepared to, you know, once a guy's in trouble, I'm just going to keep heaping on top of him, because I think that's totally possible. I know in my, in my, you mentioned the comedy festival, I don't know every check we write, but I'm ultimately responsible for every check that gets written. Uh, yeah. you, you know, yeah. like, we have an I account. Business, I know exactly what you mean. Right. Like, you know, at the end of the day, like you're checking on it, you're overseeing it all the time, but I don't fill out every piece of paperwork. I have, we have staff that does that, right? And I, and my signature <laughs> appears on all those checks. So yeah, in hindsight, if we wrote a check to something we shouldn't have, my signature's on it. And then if I said to you, I didn't know anything about it, you know, would we, is that it? I have people who I trust to do that. Exactly. And they made a mistake. Exactly. I trusted them. And they made a mistake. I'm going to go back to this toothbrush for a minute as well. Yeah. I can't imagine somebody, an employee of, of a radio station, going out and buying a toothbrush and putting it on his expense. I'm willing to bet that he didn't have a toothbrush when he got to the hotel and asked for it, and they put it on his bill. Well, that's possible. Like he said, hey, let's yeah. buy a toothbrush and charge it to the company. No, he actually admitted that he had they, bought it at the airport. And, and he put he thought because I was on a work trip. Has it, that guy never traveled before? Almost every hotel front desk has a toothbrush. It's really cheap and everything, exactly. but you just ask for it, right? Brian, I got to take a break here real quick, and I got Go more ahead. callers, but thank you so much. Um, you know what? We're we're up against the clock, so let's take the break. I know Todd, Hugh, you both want to talk. If you're prepared to wait until after three, we'll take your call. The six thirty Chad afternoon news with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on six thirty Chad.